God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. <laughs> you are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle and do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> We were just talking about it. Uh, Gary, Gary apparently doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. And no matter what subject I throw at him, he's like, I haven't heard of that. But you're not a moron. No. But no. Yeah. You're a smart guy. Yeah. But you've just decided maybe to put all your energy into football or. A lot of it goes to football. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, I'm at peace. You are at peace. I'm at peace. Okay. Well, yeah. that's That's terrific. It's fun to learn. Um, Learning's fun. Okay, uh, buh, 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 buh. the year November 7th, 1974. Lovely. That was when Bernard Getz was born. Okay. Uh, he was born in Queens, New York City. Father was a German immigrant who ran a book binding business and a dairy farm in upstate New York. <laughs> so, right, books I mean, and cows. A lot of people get into that. Yep. That, well, the, it's do... so easy to fall into the cow yeah. game after you get into <laughs> binding. <laughs> it really is. They call it doing the double up yeah, at Farmland. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's where he was raised, up there in upstate New York. His mother was also a German immigrant, so he was raised by two Germans. So he was from German binders and milkers. Yes. Yeah. The stock was sturdy and strong. Sure, yeah. Things went wrong for Bernard when he was 12. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> we got right into Did it. Did you start? We? We're yeah. in. No, okay. Jumped, jumped right in. 12. Uh, his father was accused and convicted on charges of molesting two 15-year-old boys. Oy. Yeah. I thought you were going to say binding cattle. Nope. He went for something else. Uh, Papa Getz uh, appealed the verdict. This is what he Sorry. appealed. Sorry. Papa Getz? I called him Papa. I called him Papa Getz. <laughs> okay. His name's not Papa. Because if that, I mean, uh, not was... to make light of a funny molester name. Yes. But Papa Getz would be a guy you keep your uh, eye on. W- <laughs> period. Whatever Papa wants, Papa gets. Hey, what? As he's just rubbing his nipple. Hey, what's your name? My name? Papa gets. Hey, get the kids in the house. No, no, leave them out here. Papa gets them. Okay. <laughs> he appealed the verdict and later pled guilty on a reduced charge of disorderly conduct. So I don't know what happened there, but he was convicted of molesting two boys and he appealed it and they're like, all right. His lawyer was like... There you go. Disorderly conduct. I got you for public urination. Better? (laughs) Feel good? Um, So to cushion Bernard and his sister Bernice from the trauma, the dad uh, sent them to a boarding school... In Switzerland. What a great solution. I'm just going to get rid of them. So they're not hurt by me, I'll just cut, just cut ties. Cut them loose. Yeah. Uh, so that's where Bernard Getz spent his high school years in Switzerland. When he returned and entered New York University in 1975, the family had moved to Florida. His father did very well. So he's out of jail, obviously. His mm-hmm. father did very well developing uh, medium-priced track housing in Florida. So he's responsible for some of that shit. Yeah, sure. Um, Bernard graduated with a degree in electrical and nuclear engineering. So he's not a dummy. No. He's not a fucking dummy. In order to avoid military duty in Vietnam, he acted like he had a mental illness, and it worked. 
Or that, does he have a mental illness? Yeah, true. That, so, but that has to be fun, regard. Like if you're acting like you're crazy. Oh yeah, oh, acting yeah. like you're crazy. I mean, I'd just murder that yeah, game. Pulling a Ted Nugent, we yeah. call that. Yeah. Uh, Getz then joined his father's development company and entered into a brief unhappy marriage. Lovely. They divorced in 1975, so it wasn't oh, even a year. Yeah, it wasn't even a year that marriage. <laughs> and she was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, Mario Lopez was like, "That was fast." <laughs> Uh, Getz moved to New York City to start his own business. He specialized in calibrating sophisticated electronic equipment to precise manufacturing standards. I was going to guess. <laughs> that would be my guess. <laughs> my dad made books and milked cows. <laughs> I'm a calibrator. <laughs> machines don't your machines don't hurt you. He has often said. Okay. Hmm. Well, I disagree with that fucking completely. Has he not seen The Matrix? Like, yeah. I mean... Or heard about the escalator kid and his shoelaces? Terminator? Yeah. Okay, you're you're being more real. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but, sorry, the tripods from the sky. Has he not read about those? Uh, he ran uh, the business out of his own apartment where he stored the equipment acquired from suppliers all over the city. In order to bid on bargains at auctions and sales, Getz often carried several thousand dollars in cash with him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, in 1977, he moved to a one-bedroom apartment in Greenwich Village near 14th Street. 14th Street at that time was a bit of a mess, uh, a lot of crime and whatnot. He launched a one-man crusade to clean up the street, pestering, <laughs> pestering city agencies to do something about the litter, the junkies, and the homeless. That is sort of how the ASPCA started. So, <laughs> Okay. We don't, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. He kind of is like the ASPCA in a way. Well, we'll get to it. All right. Now, in 1981, crime rates were peaking in New York City. Uh, the city had a reported crime rate over 70% higher than the rest of the United States. The subway became a symbol of crime gone wild. In an opinion poll of New York City residents, more than half said crime was the worst thing about living in the city. 25% they said they or a family member had been a victim of a crime. So it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Back then, subways were, were covered in graffiti and inhabited by muggers, junkies, panhandlers, and the homeless. There were 15,000 felonies a year on average in the subway. Wow, that's fucking crazy. That's just felonies. That doesn't even yeah. include the <laughs> misdemeanors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15, 000, like 15,000 murders. Really, like, really bad Really crimes. horrible crimes <laughs> <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, out of every four passengers... Oh. One out of every four passengers abandoned, use, abandoned using the subway between 1965 and 1982. Wow. So 25% of the people who had been using it before were like, <laughs> like fuck this shit. I'll walk. Uh, track fires and train breakdowns became very common. Jesus. Now, this was before the Giuliani years, uh, and the streets had basically been taken over by the bad guys. You can fucking see in the movies. Like, you, when, yeah. when you see an old New York city movie and you're like yeah. holy shit look at the subway yeah. you'd just be walking down the street a guy be like hey where you going Jack you'd it's be like, completely uh, insane just walking god damn it there, oh fucking hold on my thing died <laughs> sorry that was our first um, technical was that our first technical problem Th- that wasn't a dog yeah um, okay so uh, this is before the Giuliani years like uh there was an incredible resentment towards the predators who roamed New York looking for people to bully or mug or rape. Why? What, what was the? <laughs> what did they have against these predators? <laughs> they were young, crude, obnoxious, elbowing people on the subway, making vile statements to women, cursing anywhere as loudly as they could, and committing crimes. And 
They were too often young black men who incurred the silent wrath of and sparked silent terror in those who found themselves on the streets that they might be walking down late at night or who were trapped between stops and subway cars with three or four of them waiting to attack. Jesus. They were hated. They were hated and they didn't care. They reveled in it. In their own neighborhoods, they violently oppressed, disgusted, and embarrassed the black, their black neighbors. Right. So they were just fucking assholes. Yeah. Now, that's, that's assuming that they were black. But they were, of course, all colors. But there was, at that time, this stereotypical black male thing. Right. And in a lot of these cases, these guys were really bad news. Right. In January 1981, Getz was heading home with some electrical equipment. Oh, boy. When he was jumped by three black youths at the Canal Street subway station. Been there. Right? <laughs> to the subway station, not the jumping part. <laughs> Not the jumping when I had electrical equipment. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Bernard was smashed into a plate glass window. Oh. He suffered torn cartilage in his knee. Two of the kids got away while a third was actually grabbed by a cop. So there's actually a cop there, and he actually did his job. <laughs> See, this is this is the time when the cops would grab people, yes. not shoot them dead. God, that was so great when they grabbed people. <laughs> yeah, grabbing was a tactic. I know. Now it'd be like taser, oh, like taser, taser and then gun. Nine and then... guys beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> Even Getz would be at the window like, leave him alone. It's enough already. Enough. He's dying. Um, so, uh, bu- 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 Later that year, Getz applied for a pistol permit. Okay. Get himself a gun. Yeah. <laughs> he cited the fact that he routinely carried large sums of cash, but his application was rejected on grounds of insufficient need. What? I don't know. Well, I just think they didn't want people to have guns in yeah. New York. And, and maybe as you hear <laughs> this story. If a guy gets jo- Okay. Uh, you're, you know what, Dave? If there's Why one thing I've, slow down? If there's one thing I should have learned... <laughs> That part of this is about me shutting the fuck up. <laughs> so Getz was bitter. I hope it's Getz. It's Bernie Getz. It, I hope it's not Goats. It's G-O-E-T-Z. He but hopes believe, it's not Goats, too. I believe it's Getz. Um, Papa Goats is... Papa Goats. <laughs> no, Papa Goats! Papa Bawa. So much worse. <laughs> On a subsequent trip to his family's Florida home... He bought a nickel-plated, lightweight Smith & Wesson thirty-eight caliber revolver. It was oddly warm on December 22nd, 1984. Something's happening on December 22nd, 1984. Bernard left his apartment in a blue windbreaker and went into the 14th Street subway station. Good luck already. Mm-hmm. Bernard looked at the cars on the number two train. He was mostly looking for an empty one. He okay. got on board and took a seat across from the door. Directly opposite him sat... Troy Canty, 19. To his right sat Daryl Cabey, 19. And James Ramser, 19. Diagonally across from Getz sat Barry Allen, 18. Four young black men. Oh, dear. Canty asked Getz how he was. Oh, dear. Fine, Getz replied. Now, in New York, those are what's known as murder words. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody he's like... Nobody yeah. says, how are you doing? Yeah, how are that's, you doing? that's when you're about to get I'm sorry. Killed. What I mean by how are you doing is I'm going to murder you. <laughs> then Canty and Alan got up and moved uh, to their left. Or no, to Getz's left. Canty then said, give me $5. <laughs> hey, listen. Straightforward. I like it. Okay, but... Why so like why so low? Yeah, it's, it Give really me five. tells you about the state of mind, right? 
<laughs> the, the desperation. Like, hey, all right. hey, bitch, give me a buck fifty. <laughs> give me a sock. Give me one of these socks. <laughs> Come on, man. Give me one of them motherfucking shoelaces. Let me put your wallet in my pant for a minute to see what it feels like. <laughs> and then I'll give it back. And I then s- I'll give it right back. Swear to God, just want to know. On. Just want to know. <laughs> um. So then... <laughs> give me $5. Gets Rose slowly, partly unzipping his jacket. His windbreaker, Dave. He asked Canty what he had said, and Canty repeated the statement. Gets, and, gets then said... You can have all of it. I don't believe he means it. Gets pulled out the silver-colored gun. Yep. He assumed a combat stance. Weird. Uh, just so <laughs> great that he, yeah, he he got into some sort of. Yeah. I mean, I picked incoming. What <laughs> <laughs> does that even mean? Hold the gun. I mean, I picture a, a combat stance like you get your fists out. He dug a trench. <laughs> he put on a helmet. Put on a helmet. Got his boots on. Got his boots on and talked to the platoon. Then the men were gone. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Gripping the revolver with both hands, he shot Canty through the center of his body. He then turned slightly to his right and shot Alan, who had turned to flee in the back. He fired again, shooting Ramser in the arm and chest. Then he fired a fourth time at KB. Victor Flores, 47, was on the train car. The kids were frightened, backing off, trying to get away. There was no reason to shoot them. They fell one after the other. Bang, bang, bang. He, I guess the guy felt like he had to put bang, bang, bang in. Well, otherwise, you wouldn't know. He's a good what did they sound like? Flop, flop, flop. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I don't think there's anything like it, honestly. I can't possibly recreate it. Uh, <laughs> and the police have a sound guy, like a sketch artist. He's like, I can translate the sounds for you. Was it like a poppity pop pop pop? It wasn't a poppity pop. It was more like a, a, a like a, a slower poppity pop. Like a bang bang bang. Yeah, yeah, that bang 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 bang. <laughs> He's the best. Uh, by his own account, Gets then walked over to KB, who was sprawled on the seat, perhaps playing possum. Uh, you may. You seem to be doing all right, Get said. Here's another. And then he shot him. Jesus Christ. Now, someone loved Dirty Harry movies, right? Yeah. Like, someone was like, I go to the cinema. Yeah. Because this is Dirty Harry years. Oh, so oh it's it, a little it, bit a little bit past Dirty Harry well, years. But no, he still had one going. Too. He still had Deadpool. But So this is, like, really close to how big those movies were. Right. Like they, they were the fucking movies then. <laughs> it's a, a good time. Although, uh, I wonder if he did the Cl- the Clint Eastwood voice. Just, you know. You know, I don't know how many. I don't know how many of your friends I shot. Five or six. I lost count. I can't count. I can't count. Although Flores says Getz didn't say a word and that he didn't shoot KB again. He didn't shoot the kid a second time. He didn't say anything either. So Getz is like making up the dialogue part. Like he he's making. uh, I think he's. I think he's making up the cool dialogue. Oh. Oh, you look like you're still doing fine. Yeah. You're having right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the, and what did he say? You want some more? He said, "How about a muffin for your other hole?" <laughs> <laughs> Tell your grandma I love her pies. What? <laughs> Bang. Shit, that went bad. I got to write better dialogue. All right, I just got to come up with something snappy. 
Here's something for your sausages. Uh, that's not good either. God damn it, uh, I'm bad at I'll this. I'll see you on the 4th of July cookout. I got what? The, I got what the am, shooting part down. What am I doing? Hey, you want to start another fire in your fridge? <laughs> oh, fuck me. If you were a tropical fish, I'd marry you. What am I doing? <laughs> Who's putting on a double windbreaker? <laughs> um, either way, a bullet severed KB's spine, spinal cord, paralyzing him from the waist down. He also had brain damage. <laughs> Two women were cowering at the other end of the car. Why? I don't know why. What about? He was just shooting black people. Was, yeah. I mean, I mean let a man have his day. Everything's fine. Yeah. Gets... Walked over and asked them if they were all right. No, that's not good. Hey, you two girls doing okay? Because there's a crazy killer on the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you good? Yeah, you good. You okay? There's a nut. I know where there's two tacos for two dollars. <laughs> never. I'm not going to shoot you. I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. I'm just trying to come up with more I'm phrases. Just, what did you guys think of that? Was that cool? I'd like to climb your ladder. <laughs> oh. Let's split a milkshake. Two straws. Shit. <laughs> A uh, conductor entered the car. Okay, let me just say this. <laughs> Maybe that shit happened in the 80s. Yeah. But today, if there's a shooting, the conductor is running out the other end yes. of the car. Who, what conductor is like, all right, gentlemen. You've seen the conductors. What's going on back here? Yeah. Tickets? <laughs> Tickets, everyone. <laughs> Tickets, please. It's like in the 80s, they had like a 1930s conductor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me just get some more coal up front in the train. <laughs> We're moving along um, nice now. Uh, Bernard uh, Bernard gets told uh, told the conductor the men had tried to rip him off. The conductor asked if he was a police officer, and Getz said no. They had a brief discussion about <laughs> Getz turning over his revolver, and uh, Getz said no. Yep. I'm, I'm good. Yep. I'm good. I'm going to keep this little bad yep. boy. The train came to a stop before reaching the next station, and Getz jumped out, ran along the darkened tracks, and then up the stairs into the street. Wow, I can't—I really can't believe that you could just run around the subway like that. The fucking eighties and seventies yeah. were just cra- a crazy times. time. Plus, have you seen um, uh, Cloverfield? No, I've never have. You haven't? No. They run around the subway. They do. Yeah, I'd love to do that next time we're in and New there's York. There's other movies where people run around in subway. All right, subway. Dave, I get it. I'm wrong. Okay, I'm just saying. Jesus. I mean. It feels like you're attacking Ghostbusters too. <laughs> the ghost train hits Ernie Hudson. Can we? Is that no, helping? Point made. Alrighty. Point made. Um, feels no, like it was my, a good point. Uh, it is a good point. All right, cool. Um, gets went home, changed his clothes, and packed a bag. Exactly what you do when you've legally defended yourself. Yep. Yep. Put on a new windbreaker. Get yep. the backpack stuff. Just shave roll. your head. Yep. Shave your head. <laughs> change your name and never go home again. Put in your different colored uh, lenses in yep. your eyes, and off you go. There you go. Have a new pigment. Uh, he rented a car and headed for Vermont. In a motel in Bennington, he took apart the 38 and dumped it, uh, uh, along with his blue windbreaker, which he uh, burned. So he dumped him in the woods. And it's not a firebreaker. It's not anymore. It's not. No. Nope. Over the next week, the mysterious subway vigilante became a national sensation. What was his angle, though? Like, he just was going to go, mur- like, murder, <laughs> defend... Uh, himself against yeah. five people and then f- change his life. Like, well, first of all, it was four people, but he, I don't think he was thinking after that. He was just <laughs> thinking, I'm going to shoot some people if they look at me weird. Yeah. And then he did that. My life is like, over. Right. And then he was like, oh, I didn't think about the other part where you got Well, there's a lot of guilt that comes along <laughs> with this. <laughs> no, there's no guilt. Oh, oh, boy. He's just running. 
So it becomes a national sensation. The police report hundreds of calls praising the gunman. Wow. So, okay, you're at home, and you yeah. hear that, that a guy has just shot four people on the subway, the people that have been terrorizing the city. And so then what? You phone the police department to say, hey, uh, he he did a good job. Yeah. Like, who's it's calling the cops? radio station. <laughs> you're not calling about your favorite fucking song. It's the cops. You're listening to Precinct 24 <laughs> WNBR. Number one with four bullets. Give us a call and tell us which criminal you like the best. Hey, Sergeant Pepper, I just want to say you guys are doing the greatest work, and I, I hope you let these vigilantes keep killing the men. Shout out to my homies. Okay, did you want to report a crime? Oh, um... No! Shout out to my homies! <laughs> uh, rumors spread that Getz had been threatened with sharpened screwdrivers. So they have no idea who he is. They just know that a guy went on the subway and shot four people. And the rumor was that he'd been threatened with screwdrivers. Oh. This rumor was published as fact by some newspapers, including the New York Times. Good. So they vetted Good old it New York Times. Yeah. The New York Times went, let's run with it. Yep. Man in the Street interviews revealed blacks and whites enthusiastically supporting the gunman. Wow. Someone spray painted on East River Drive, power to the vigilante, New York loves you. Wow. Yeah. What a weird. Well, people were. So yeah. It was a time when everyone was just fucking terrified of being killed all the time. You know, uh, like. It was like Batman came, a really low rent, shitty Batman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Batman is like, uh, Alfred, get my windbreaker. <laughs> and I'm my own, man. And my only gun. Get my only gun and my windbreaker, Alfred. Alfred? Here comes Ratman. He's just talking to a parrot. <laughs> Alfred, get my windbreaker. <laughs> Thank you, Alfred. I agree. I do look good. Uh, New York Magazine said that people of all colors, rich and poor, everyone in New York was thrilled. Gets it actually succeeded where no one else had. He brought together the people of New York of all colors and classes. They were all happy about what happened. The mood in the city was jubilant. Wow. They were like, let's have a barn dance. Yeah. This is awesome. We finally shot four black guys in the subway. <laughs> four black guys are dead. <laughs> Someone finally took a stand against the horrific crime conditions they've been dealing with for over a decade. The action had vindicated the feelings that the people had when they saw the thugs that the apparatus of law enforcement was failing them. They had had it with excuses for rude and violent behavior. They couldn't take hearing all the psycho-sociological explanations. Cleaning Swift's Dirty Harry films were very popular, and it seemed the way to handle the situation was to shoot people. Ugh. Vigilante justice was, was confronted with a clear criminal threat, and it should be no crime. Well, that's now our national policy, which is not... <laughs> <laughs> and that's the police in Ferguson. <laughs> yep. Uh, a special hotline set up by police to seek information was swamped by calls supporting the vigilante. Hey, just want to say shout out to my homies. <laughs> and calling him a hero. Hey, is this the uh, information line? Just want to let you know that that man's a hero. All right. Get him a tip? cape. Oh, uh, my tip is to let him go, All Jack. Right, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> What's your tip? <laughs> Tip line. Uh, Harvard professor James Q. Wilson explained the reaction. It may simply indicate that there are no more liberals on the crime and order issue in New York because they've all been mugged. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that will make you conservative. <laughs> 
the teenagers get sh- had shot had numerous arrests among them. The police recovered three screwdrivers from the jackets of two of the victims, but they weren't weapons. They were tools of their trade, which was robbing video game machines. <laughs> their trade. <laughs> well, they had a job. Yeah. It's just that their vocation, their their specialty, like uh, like if your toilet breaks down, uh-huh. and you call a plumber. Yeah. So in this case, um, yeah, I'm ready for this next part. If you need your quarters emptied. Oh, really? If David. your machine is too full of quarters, uh-huh. you call for... And are you calling them? Yeah. Okay, you don't call. Right. You, you wait for... Or do you just not wait for and find out about it? Okay, you, in the morning you come in and, okay. you, and all your machines are empty and you right. lose your business. It's not... It's sort of the like... same thing as calling a plumber. Let's move on. It's called an analogy. It doesn't feel like it is. <clears throat> well, they're not all good. That's true. That's that's fair. <laughs> they're evolving. Some are evolving. Uh, Canty's brother, free bus. <laughs> Whoa! This is Canty's brother, free basing cocaine while talking to a New York Post reporter, said that Troy was high at the time of the shooting. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you start. I. <laughs> <laughs> I have some things too. I. <laughs> I just want to picture the guy who's being interviewed yeah. by a reporter yeah. and doesn't want to take the time off from smoking crack. Well, at that time, it was kind of like, you know, like, you'd be like, do you mind if I smoke in here? And they were probably like, no. And he's like, no, okay. And they were like, I'm sorry, what are you smoking? It's a crack. Oh, uh, just my, crack. Just crack. Anyway, my brother, <laughs> he was definitely like, he could never get his shit together. I always felt bad for him, you know? I talked to him, sure. You are turning into the devil, but I'll finish. Um, People are great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Reporters are like cool with anything. They're like, yeah. give me the feed. Yeah, let me have it. Give me the story. So Getz has been driving around New, New England for several days, registering at motels under various names and paying in cash. A week after the shooting, he called his neighbor... Myra Friedman and asked her for help and told her the story. He explained what he had done and how he felt. Okay, naturally. How did he feel? Okay, but wait, we have this. We have this. What he said exactly because she recorded the conversation. Oh, sweet. So he called a person who, like, who who is ready to record? Like, yeah. are you in the CIA? Like, who is like? Always ready to like you can't you just don't have that shit laying around no. like you grab it and hook you're it a up. crazy person yeah. you're a crazy person so it's a crazy person calling a crazy person Myra in a situation like this your mind you're in a combat situation your mind is functioning you're not thinking in a normal way your memory isn't even working normally you're so hyped up your vision actually changes your field of view changes your capability changes what you are capable of changes you are under adrenaline. A drug called adrenaline, and you respond very quickly, and you think very quickly. That's all you think. You think. You analyze, and you act. And in any situation, you just have to think more quickly than your opposition. That's it. You know, speed is very important. Brady, I'm getting another call. Can you hold on? <laughs> One second. I'll be right back. Do it quick. Speed's important. Yeah, yeah. I get okay. you. I'll be right just back. Do it really fast. Okay. Okay. If you corner a rat and you're about to butcher it, okay, the way I responded was viciously and savagely, just like a rat. Mm. Those guys, I'm almost sure, are vicious, savage people. I know in my heart I was a murderer. I just snapped. I know in my heart I was a murderer? Yeah. I just snapped. Wow. 
I mean, imagine knowing knowing in knowing, your heart, knowing you're a in your heart, in my deep down inside, I'm a murderer. <laughs> Just it, it's not if it's when with me. It's gonna happen. It's gonna it's happen. Gotta happen. I've been close. Got I the itch. Got the murders in my. I got tummy. the murder fever. Oh, I got the murder fever, baby. <laughs> the murder fever, and bad. it's burning out of me. <laughs> the new Ted Nugent album, Murder Fever. Oh my God! Please <laughs> let it be. A couple of days later, on New Year's Eve, my New I'm Year's ma- resolution to not shoot black youths <laughs> on subways anymore. <laughs> I'm done. On New Year's Eve, on what uh, what other day would you do this? He, uh, he a man in a leather. Bombardier's jacket walked into the police station in Concord, New Hampshire, and said that he was the fugitive wanted for the New York subway shootings. And Happy New Year! Now, wait, can I? Okay. Okay. I don't. That's not him, right? Yeah, it's him. Okay. That would be great if it wasn't. Well, I thought because there was so much adulation that a guy could just. I'm I'm sure. You know, I even get into that, but I'm sure a bunch of people were like, I did it. I did it. No, I did it. Seriously, I did it. I did it. I'd do it again, too. The policeman, the policeman Red gets his Miranda warning, telling me he did not have to talk if he did not want to, but he wanted to. <laughs> Big time. He'd been watching and reading all that press for nine days, and he was like, I want in. For the next four hours, two of which were videotaped. Okay. What? <laughs> like, what? So yeah. he babbled for two hours, and someone was like, Reggie, you, uh, you getting this on tape? No, is that a uh... video? The video? Did you turn on? Oh, video we got that. Or? Yeah, yeah. No, let's turn that no, on. We got the two. Let's years fire ago. that up. We got the two. Let's years fire ago. that up. Okay. Let's fire it up. So you're doing a great job, by the way. Great cop. But next, he you... said a lot of crazy stuff too. Did I hope take... we get him to do more takes. Did you do what? I hope we get more takes out of him because he did. He they, said a lot of stuff. We don't do takes. You're an action. Cut. <laughs> uh. So Bernard let loose. He said he did not think he had done anything wrong, but he also added that he acted like a cold-blooded savage. He uses <laughs> savage a lot. And, and he, likes, he, he likes the word savage. A, a guy who knows that he can murder in his heart ha- is able to <laughs> bridge that gap okay. He's <laughs> like, I didn't do anything wrong. I just savagely murdered. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, pump the brakes. <laughs> Uh, Getz stated that none of the young men had been armed. Okay. It's a, I mean, what you're describing <laughs> is cold-blooded murder. murder. Uh, you're actually using the term cold-blooded, uh-huh. and you're saying they didn't have weapons. So what you're saying is you cold-bloody murdered them. Yes. But you're, but you're not guilty. I'm a good guy. <laughs> Let me go. Look at these dimples. <laughs> Asked can't what, stay mad at me. <laughs> I can't. They're yeah. Asked what his intentions were when he drew his gun. Get said, my intention was to murder them, to hunt, to hurt them, to make them suffer as much as possible. If I had more bullets, I would have shot them all again and again. My problem is I ran out of bullets. That's, I mean, you need to get a windbreaker with more pockets. <laughs> <laughs> but how, I mean, if this, this is a confession of murder. Yes. All right. Just That's what make I'm sure hearing. We're clear. He added, "I Attic. was gonna gouge one of the guy's eyes out with my keys afterwards, but I stopped when I saw the fear in his eyes because I wanted to get my security deposit back." Well, 
here's the deal. I was gonna I was gonna just keep stabbing his eyeballs. I was gonna start his eye. Right. I was gonna take one of the but then I looked at his eyes and he was scared for some fucking reason. Yeah. I don't know why. You shoot a guy a couple times and then you pull out your keys to poke him in the eyes yeah. and he gets a weird look in his eye and I was like, Well, this is a fucking bummer. Yeah. I want kinda... a ma- I want a man looking back at me that I've already shot that I'm about to stab in the eye with a key. I want him to look at me with rage. He was not a giving partner he, in that sense. You know sense. what? I worked Very this selfish. I, I've I've gone through this scenario so many times, uh, this role play with my therapist, and my therapist is always angry. Yeah. Not scared. Yeah. I need a new shrink. Jesus. Boo-hoo, you shot me. I'm scared. Anyway, Not I'm fun. a murderer. Not a fun partner. <laughs> when two New York City detectives arrived to interview him, Getz was a dick. He was taken out, and he was surrounded by a horde of reporters. Vultures, he sneered. What, he, where did he? Where was he? He was outside of uh, jail. Yeah, but when they took him out to take him to the car. To okay, drive so the trans. City, okay, all right. There's all these reporters around, and he's like, "Vultures." Oh, okay, well, all right, sure. okay, all right. Irony, but that's fine. <laughs> the Manhattan District Attorney asked a grand jury to indict Getz on four counts of attempted murder, four of assault, four of reckless endangerment, and one of criminal possession of a weapon. In New York, he was arraigned on charges of illegal gun possession and attempted murder. Bail was set at fifty thousand, and later reduced to five thousand. The, the ch- why in none of those charges is murder? He didn't kill any of them. Oh, none of them died. None of them died. Wow. That's, but then he's not dirty, Harry. No, he's shitty, Harry. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> he's stinky, Bernie. <laughs> he's barely Bernie. On an all-new Barely Bernie. So bail was set at 50000 and then reduced to 5000 because, hey, it's hey, New York. He's the vigilante, hey, baby. let him go. Broadway. Take away a zero. You know what I'm saying? Hey, taxi. In jail, Getz was deluged with calls from people who wanted to give him money and support. You did a good thing, even though we ain't got no proof. But those guys are actually going to attack you, so here's some money. <laughs> Hey, I heard you shot four guys in the subway. I don't know exactly what was going on, but here's some cash. There'd be a little more money if you had put the key in his eye. You put the key in his eye. That's an extra Ace 50. is a hundred dollar yeah. bill. <laughs> you get, you <laughs> nice know what I'm saying? Tip. You get a hundo. You get a sweet hundo, huh? Get over here, Benny. What's that behind your ear? It's a hundred dollars for murdering. <laughs> <laughs> he turned down everyone who offered him money and raised his own bail. His case was sent to the grand jury, who decided on January 25th that he had been justified in his use of force and declined to indict him on any charges but illegal possession of weapons. The DA did not allow any of the kids who were shot to testify. Hey, uh, you got shot by that guy? Nobody needs to hear that. Capiche, you know what I'm talking about? You get That guy shot you? That guy who shot you? Let's not have you go talkity talkity talkity. Look, you good? We have the conductor. The case is strong. We got those two chicks. Yeah, the two chicks. The, the conductor. Two chicks, we got them. You were right there. Bernie. You got a hole in you. I don't care. You yeah, know, you. You don't need to be a part of this. Rest. Thank you for coming. <laughs> go away. Go away. Yeah. Uh. So they didn't. They didn't pursue charges. They didn't pursue the gun charges. And that was it. On, that was it. They, they let him walk. What? On March 26, 1985, a man called 911 and reported, reported a kidnapping. He said, 
He said James Ramser had been forced into a blue Cadillac by two men with guns at 170th Street and 3rd Avenue in the Bronx. Now, James Ramser of the subway. He's one of the guys that got shot, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, huh? Uh, don't Detectives- you toy with me like a cat who just found a mouse that's... <laughs> Detectives went to James Ramser's apartment in the Bronx. James Ramser's mother told detectives her son had gone out at 4 p.m. Detectives began canvassing the building and the neighborhood. Ramser appeared at his apartment at 10.10 p.m. Ramser told detectives he had been forced into a Cadillac by two armed men and driven north about five miles to a playground. He said the men told him they were going to kill him, but he ran away as they fired. After escaping, Ramser said he walked home about five miles. The detectives found inconsistencies in Ramser's accounts. When they played back for Ramser a recording of the 911 call, he admitted to making the call and fabricating the report. (laughs) He did a horrible, horrible job. His mom was like, he went out at four. (laughs) What? Worst fake kidnapping ever. Yeah. Worst. And the, and the, the confession of that so fast is always funny. I know. It's like, right. me. Yeah, no, I heard that. That was me. That's no, totally be- my that's totally my voice pretending like I'm someone else singing to get kidnapped. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> I lied. All right, <laughs> you guys want to go home or get a sandwich or something? What do we do now? We're going to arrest Hang you. Hang out? Well, we're going to arrest you. Oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Can't a guy get fake kidnapped? <laughs> I pretend to be kidnapped for an afternoon? You guys come and investigate, and then I'm going to jail? Wow. Why don't you do your job? My tax dollars in motion. Who is going to solve my fake kidnapping? (laughs) What about the guys who didn't do it? We got a fake detective. (laughs) What about the guys that didn't do it? You're going to let them walk away? You're going to let them not walk the streets? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Getz had basically gotten away with uh, murder or shooting, not murder, and he became... Super into his fame. Oh, boy. He recommended that more civilians be trained to carry guns. He showed up at the funeral of a slain cabbie, mm. which is really nice. A slain? Uh, hey, right. a, a cabbie got killed, and, he's, and he shows up at the, hey, not me. You know why? Gun. Yeah. Oh, I oh, get you. You know what I'm not? That guy, dead. Couldn't protect himself. Right Bernie, himself. Bernie right here. Bernie's a shooter. He's not a debtor. Yep. Pretty weird. Pretty Bernie protected weird. himself from two screwdrivers. Again, it's a weird eulogy, but get, I'm getting going. Yep. Here we go. Uh, every other day, he seemed to give another exclusive interview, but he was annoying, not TV ready, and being a preachy, loudmouth asshole backfired on him. Good. Plus, information was leaking out about what he said in interrogation and during interviews. Now people were like, oh, okay, shut the fuck up. Put him in jail. <laughs> Right? So they're yeah, hearing everything that happened. they've already fucked up. Well, also, the color lines that were previous, previously blurred with black and white coming together. Yeah. Now black saw him as a man who basically hunted black kids. Well, which, okay, there must have been so much, like, not even propaganda, but just... People must... I mean, that would, I found strange when you said it, that black people as well were like... But they, yeah, but everyone was being terrorized by yeah young black kids. But it still seems I don't know. I just in this it seems like in this day and age that does not happen. No, right? You never there's no. it's there's a clear racial divide normally on those sort of issues. Clear, but I think that 
And again, this is this is it wasn't all fucking black kids doing it, but that was what was being told. And then yeah. and then black people were being fucked with in their neighborhoods by young black right. kids. Yeah. So to them, they're like these guys are fucking. It was like the it was like you know, twenty years before there were no gangs, and now there were like four thousand gangs in New York. Like it was just. It had just turned Gangs into fucking in hell. You watch this, the movie The Warriors, right? That's a true yeah, story. Of course, That's I, a true I, you story. Tell her I know about the baseball That's furies. A real true story. It's <laughs> a documentary, as far as I could say. <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> uh, so now Black saw him as a man who basically hunted blacks. It was discovered that he had gone to a neighborhood meeting six months before the shooting, stood up, and said the crime would only be resolved once they got rid of the niggers and spicks now, in the neighborhood. Let's. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Red flag. Red flag. Hey, guy who says that and then shoots four Someone young black men. Someone was probably just grabbing coffee cake when he said that. Like, oh, oh God. Christ. Holy shit. He's a full-on racist <laughs> shooter. What the hell? He's a full-on. He's a man who tried to kill black people <laughs> yeah. in the subway. Who wanted to kill black people in the subway? I'm shocked. His yeah. motivation? It seems like it was to kill black people on the subway. Jesus. So now the groundswell went the other way, and the DA announced significant new evidence had been discovered, and a second grand jury would be convened. But that is bullshit, right? There was no new evidence. They were now just like, we were wrong. There's new evidence. The new evidence okay. consisted of some testimony from two of the guys who were shot. What uh, the fuck? The that? guys he did. <laughs> the fucking DA that they wouldn't. It's such fucking bullshit. New the, evidence. The DA. We talked to two of the guys who got shot. Well, I uh, remember before when we let these guys talk on the witness stand. Um, we're going to switch that around now. Because now people are pissed. We'll do the job. Yeah. Worst. Hi. We're who represents you. Meanwhile, gets begged to testify. But decided not to when the DA said he'd need to sign a waiver of immunity. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he's like, oh, no, I'm good. I'll shut up. Hey, I want to testify. I want to testify really bad. You put me up there. Put me up there. I want to testify. <laughs> get me up there. I want to get on it. Want to tell the get truth. at it. Want to tell the truth. Hey, just sign this paper. Not going to do it. Can't do it. Got to get out of here. Gonna I'll take tell off. you what. I Hit am going to roll. Great to see you again. <laughs> the trial began in 1987. The case was defended by Barry Slotnick. It's a good name. Yeah. Slotnick argued that Getz's actions fell within the New York self-defense statute. A person may not use deadly physical force upon another person unless he reasonably believes that such other person is committing or attempting to commit one of a certain number of enumerated predicate, predicate offenses, including robbery. Getz was tried before a mainly white Manhattan jury, six of whom had been victims of street crime. Hmm. <laughs> How do you Where think are we headed, How's David? this one going, Simi Valley? Well, I got a feeling Getz is going to be A-OK. Ramser testified at the trial about being shot, but his angry outburst provoked the judge to disallow his testimony. Well... And ordered him removed from the courtroom. You know... He was twice cited for contempt. As he should be. You, <laughs> you know, what? The, just the temper on this guy. I mean, put it in check. Sure. Be okay, a professional. Let me, let me say the next part. <laughs> Ramser was sent back to prison where he was living at the time of the trial. He had been convicted of raping, sodomizing, and robbing a pregnant woman in 1986. Who's the hero of this? 
There's one, right? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't, you know what? I don't think there is one. Okay. Keep going. Troy Canty also testified, answering yes and no to questions. More frequently, he answered, I can't remember when asked about his own actions. Slotna got Canty to say he had been granted immunity from prosecution in connection with his testimony. Getz was acquitted of the attempted murder and first-degree assault charges and convicted of criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree. He carried a loaded, unlicensed weapon in a public place. So classic America, right? <laughs> classic America. Like, he, he, he shot a guy and paralyzed him and gave him brain damage. He shot three other guys. And then they're like, you shouldn't have that gun. <laughs> Give us your wrist. <laughs> bad. <laughs> bad, bad man. Naughty man. He was sentenced to, sentenced to six months in jail, one year's psychiatric treatment, five years probation, 200 hours of community service, and a $5,000 fine. An appellate court affirmed the conviction but changed the sentence to one year in jail without probation. So the one thing he actually needed, which is psychiatric care, yeah. is the no, thing that they were like, away. yeah, don't do that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Jail sir. will heal him. What, yeah, what will help you is jail, sir. <laughs> jail will give him the perspective he needs. Mm-hmm. So he eventually served eight months. The entire episode was sent up nicely by a woman on the street in Harlem who was interviewed by a reporter. All this talk is one thing. What actually happened is some other business altogether. It comes down to this. Five assholes met on a train and one of them had a gun. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that lady should be the mayor. Okay. Now, what happened to the guys he shot? First, James Ramser. He was the only one already in jail for up to 25 years for his crimes. He was conditionally released in 2002, but he returned to prison for a parole violation in 2005. He finished his sentence in July 2010. He died in December 2011 in a hotel room of a drug overdose on the 22nd of December. It was the 27th anniversary of the shooting. Wow. So he killed himself. That's fucking crazy. Get said of his death, it sounds like he was depressed. What a sweetheart. <laughs> he was a good friend of mine. Troy Canty, the one who was high, according to his brother, at first enjoyed the attention of the press. He felt like a star. He was wined and dined and taken around in limousines by reporters. He en- Isn't New York just a fucking cesspool? Yeah, just You so could totally bleeding. see this. Yeah, oh yeah. He enjoyed it for about a week until he realized he was being vilified by the press. Mr. Canty had a criminal record of petty offenses like fair beating and stealing $14 from a video game machine. Fair beating? That's where you jump the, you jump the turnstile. Okay. So he's the real big criminal. What an awful Real human. big criminal. He deserved to be shot. Should have been shot. Uh, he successfully c- completed an 18-month drug and vocation training program when he was 23. Uh, he hoped to become a cook. No one knows his whereabouts now. All right. Which means he hasn't been convicted of any crimes. If he was, they would know that he had or done Or he changed them. his name. <clears throat> could, could be now Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> Barry Allen was released after serving, serving some of his one to four years for grand larceny in 1991. He has no more convictions on his record. No one knows where he is. Daryl Cabey was the most seriously injured. He was paralyzed from the waist down and suffered brain damage. Before being shot, Mr. Cabey had been facing robbery charges in the Bronx. The charges were dismissed. Doctors testified that he had the mental capacity of an eight-year-old now. 
Uh, <clears throat> Daryl Kaby cannot tell you the day of the week, the month of the year, his doctors say. His vocabulary is now limited. He does not know the name of the mayor or the governor. He doesn't know how he ended up in a wheelchair. His family fired, filed a $50 million lawsuit against Getz. During the trial, Getz admitted to previous use of racial language and to smoking marijuana laced with PCP in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. Okay. Sure. Mm, okay. Okay. Just throw that one out there. All right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep, a little bit of PCP. And by the way, that's not marijuana. That's PCP. No, that's PCP. I had a... Uh... PCP on marijuana. I'm really tired of all these assholes in the city also. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm yeah. smoking a little PCP. Little weed and PCP. Mm. Same effect, basically. Doesn't, yeah, it just melts you out. Good mix. Melts you out. Yep. The jury awarded KB $43 million. Wow. $18 million for pain and suffering and $25 million in punitive damages. I like how there's that divide. Gets filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. He didn't have the money later. Oh, I can't. I can't actually pay that. Hmm, I might have to sell some of this. I'm shit. selling radios. <laughs> yeah. A judge ruled the 43 million could not be dismissed because of the bankruptcy. Asked in 2004 whether he was making payments on the judgment, Getz responded, "I don't think I've ever paid a penny on that." <laughs> Do you like him? No, I don't like him. <clears throat> Getz slipped into obscurity. And resurfaced once in a while. He ran for mayor in 2001. What a fucking asshole. What do you mean? Who runs for fucking mayor after you've shot <laughs> four fucking people? Yeah, but he's uh, he's like a hero to a bunch of people still. In the, in 2001? Yeah, people are still like, there he is. Can you look at you, Bernie. There he is. Look at Bernie. Trigger finger gets. <clears throat> he was motivated by the desire to perpetuate the Giuliani administration. Getz's plan is to get himself was to get himself elected, then hire Rudy Giuliani's deputy mayor, and entrust pretty much all the duties to him. He wanted public funded food facilities with a standard menu, also to have a vegetarian menu in addition. <laughs> I mean, this what? Guy, well, I mean, it's a it's a platform. Yeah, it's a platform. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I just, I, it doesn't <laughs> feel like what I advocate is a mediocre sandwich. He said. Something with basic nutrition. The reason I advocate a mediocre sandwich is it would be unfair to compete with all the food businesses out there to provide food of the same tasty level that the delicatessens and restaurants provide. I, I mean, vote it, Birdie. It, it, I, did I miss his point? Yes, it, mediocre sandwich. Okay, it's. it's he wants sandwiches to be shittier. Much like FDR, he ran on a mediocre sandwich campaign. No, I believe that you're wrong. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I don't think I, you're right. Look it up. Um, no, he, what he's saying is... Sandwiches shouldn't taste so good. Make a shitty sandwich for people, in, for people you're giving free food to, but don't make it a good sandwich because then everyone will want that sandwich. And it'll drive the businesses out of... Okay, it's not a great point. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it sounds like outtakes from a Quiznos commercial. It doesn't sound like a fucking platform. Vote mediocre sandwich. Uh, how do you respond to your opponent's accusations that you almost murdered four people cold-bloodedly on a subway car? Well, uh, I think we should make sandwiches taste worse. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. I Find me on guess. November 4th. Anyway, he lost. Wait, whoa! Yep. In 2004, Getz was interviewed by Nancy Grace. Another level-headed human. A very great person. Where he stated his actions were good for New York City and forced the city to address crime. 
Which actually might be true. Well, that's what's fucked up. Because, right? Yeah. Did he do – because uh, laws started changing and vigilante laws certainly changed, but but the city started well, changing shit. So, criminal, so did he yeah. did he set it off? He, I, I mean, cri- I know crime has gone down dramatically. Yeah. And then, I mean, after 9-11, then they were like, oh, we could search anyone anytime. Yeah, we, we That's our go, new policy. We just go into your house if you're cool with that. Yep. I'm not cool with it where we're going in anyway. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that part about you being cool with it. That doesn't matter. He ran for public advocate in 2005. <laughs> I mean, what does that even mean? On a pro-vegetarian, anti-circumcision platform. Okay, good. So <laughs> I'm glad... I'm glad it's evolving, because for a minute I was like, you know, you're, what's your base? What's your base? The shitty sandwich people? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a platform. Ah, um, that's where you're wrong. He's also Jewish. He's a, a Jewish German. Well, so who the fuck is going to vote for this guy? People like good sandwiches, and he, he was against circumcision. Yeah, he wants to stop. So Jews aren't going to vote. He wants to stop circumcision, and he wants people to not eat meat. I mean, you can hear the moils rolling their eyes. I think the biggest problem is eating meat, but that seems to go right over people's heads. I think eating meat is primitive and barbaric, just like circumcision. Add to that a shallow television, new chemical drugs, and national leadership that can't be trusted, and you have a lot of people who are confused and lost. He shot four people. Vote for Bernie. He shot four Vote people. Vote for me for public advocate. The worst thing you can do is eat meat. You, you almost murdered four well, people. Well, that's why do you think? <laughs> was I eating just as a vegetarian back then? No, I was eating meat. Okay. Work with me. I was a murderer carnivore. He lost. What? Yeah. Recently, gets filmed scenes for a low-budget horror movie called Silver Knight, in which he plays a nutritionist to vampires. Okay. <laughs> So I hate the person who made that movie. Yeah, I hate the idea of a nutritionist yes. to vampires. Yes, I don't like Bernie Getz. No, I would like to shut down show business. Yes, this, uh, that's worse than Twilight. Oh my God! Yeah, a, a vampire nutritionist. Yeah, uh, you should. You need to eat more B plus. I mean, really. You know what you need is B negative with some warm B. My job's so hollow. I just tell people to drink blood all day. Hey. Oh, you should drink some more blood. Oh, thank you, doctor. The guy writing that was like, snicker, snicker. <laughs> yeah, this guy's like, I can't believe this check cleared. Uh, then in November 2013, he was arrested for trying to sell an undercover cop $30 worth of marijuana. The officer was female. Get said he offered the undercover cop pot three times, but she refused and insisted on paying for it. He was very upset that the newspapers reported he tried to pick up the cop. He told the Post that she was merely average looking. <laughs> you know, even as a cop, that woman was like, fucking asshole. <laughs> he rejected a plea deal and said he wanted a jury trial. Because why wouldn't he? It worked out so well the first time. Yeah. The case was dismissed for a lack of speedy trial. Uh, after on the courthouse steps, he spoke and said he wanted, to, to, <laughs> he wanted there to be pot legalization, instant runoff voting, that he believed in vegetarianism, Carriage horses and discuss the policing of New York City today. What? Uh, what, the fu- <laughs> what is he? What is, is that a list? Is that a point or is that a list of random that's, things? That's what he, no, that's what he talked about. What is he? He's using. Can, what, did you say carriage horses? <laughs> that was, yes. Number four, carriage horses. Number five. 
Carish? I love that this is a guy who's just coming out of getting a case dismissed for a shitty little pot trial. He's like, ahem, <laughs> carriage horses, first of all. <laughs> like, Which leads me to carriage horses. <laughs> and we're just looking around. Yeah. Are we supposed to be writing this down? <laughs> yeah. Should we be writing this? Because Do anybody know who this is? What does he mean? Does he think he's speaking for Cinderella? Carriage horses. <laughs> Uh, oh, God, where is it? <laughs> Who knows? Um, at the trial, in the middle of a conversation, after the trial, in the middle of a conversation with a New York Post reporter, Getz yelled, I have to feed the squirrels! And he ran off. You know, I now know my new way of leaving any situation I don't want to be in. Just the middle of anything. I have to feed the squirrels! Just run. <laughs> We just went full dollop. <laughs> because Bernard Getz no. now enjoys the company of wild squirrels. Oh, no. Which he rescues from certain death at Union Square Park. Uh. Bernard Getz is now a slight man with thinning gray hair. He's in his mid-60s. He carries a large bag of peanuts with him as he walks through the Peter Cooper Village housing development in Manhattan. He lives nearby on, the four- on 14th Street where he sells electronics online. It's near where his mugging occurred. Oh, that's nostalgic. Uh, He walks around and clicks his tongue before throwing out handfuls of peanuts on the ground. He feeds squirrels. His passion for these animals brings him to Peter Cooper often, but lately he has had less time to visit his small furry friends. That's closed, cat. He has been too busy taking care of the family of squirrels that were recently born in his home. Uh, Today... (laughs) Gets is still a controversial figure in New York City. Why? Among New York's wildlife rehabilitators. What? (laughs) I mean, if you told me when you fucking started this... (laughs) What? That he'd be be involved in a squirrel scandal. That's that's where it would end up. Licensed wildlife rehabilitators must pass a test before being certified by the state to take in wild animals like squirrels and care for them in their homes <laughs> under the supervision and discretion of the Department of Environmental Conservation, the DEC. Under New York state law, it's illegal to house a wild animal without being a, li- a licensed wildlife rehabber. Getz is not licensed. Let him have his fucking squirrels. <laughs> He also doesn't agree with many of the unwritten rules the rehabbers follow when caring for squirrels. Oh, dear. Getz met Pam Summers, a fellow squirrel feeder in the park. Together, they met the mother of the baby squirrels currently in Getz's care and named her Red Mama. After a late cold spell in the city, when they witnessed a much larger squirrel chasing Red Mama out of the tree she lived in, they decided to catch her. They came back, trapped Red Mama with a net, and put her in a small pet carrier. Getz took the squirrel to the vet where he discovered she was pregnant with four babies. He took her home to care for her and eventually the babies. Red Mama doesn't know what? how unlucky she is. <laughs> Red Mama was like, no, four babies. We'll raise them as our own, Mama. She was like, I literally I just want to leave. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be in a tree. <laughs> I really? I'm supposed to be in a tree. I should not be here. I'm not a house. <laughs> what is it? I'm looking at a lava lamp? What's happening? Is that a gun? <laughs> oh, God. Um, 
Pam Summers photographed the newborn animals for her blog, The New York Squirrel. Available at <laughs> I'm Totally Crazy dot WordPress. <laughs> the New York Squirrel. On the blog, she chronicles her and gets his relationship with the squirrels. How many possible views can this fucking site have? Besides right now, them. Right now, a lot more. Yeah, now more. More. Because, more. because something is more than nothing. The squirrels lay on top of a heating pad in a oh plastic... Oh, my God. <laughs> my God. In a plastic rectangular storage ca- what? container. Get says that dehydration is the biggest killer of kittens and baby squirrels. Yeah, or not being in nature also doesn't help. <laughs> you know, you know where you can find um, liquid and stuff yeah. in the park. They'll find it. Snows and rains. They normally find then, it. You know what? Take them out of the park. Get them in the house. Hopefully, they can get their way to a sink. Just teach them how to turn faucets. That's off. all you got to do. That's it. Uh, Getz makes his own homemade milk-based formula rather than the advised formula used by many wildlife rehabbers. He also feeds squirrels. adult squirrels peanuts, which many rehabbers believe causes m- metabolic bone disease. He defends his own methods by saying, if it's bad for them, then why are they eating it? Well, he <laughs> lives in America or uh, has yeah. heard of America? McDonald's? Yeah. Um, if it's bad for them, why are they eating it? Uh, that should be the name of our country. Have you been to the South? <laughs> the name. If it's bad for them, why? that's a, what a Martian asks just, when they see just, Earth. Just in a picture of a guy eating back fat. Yeah. Blah, yeah, blah, a guy blah, just blah. being like, hey, McRib is back. <laughs> if it's bad for them, why do they eat it? Oh, man, I can't wait to eat my boneless ribs. <laughs> Gets feeds the young squirrels organic strawberry milk with a syringe. Every few seconds, he removes the syringe from its mouth, closes his own mouth over the snout of the animal, and uh, sucks. D- Dave, Dave. This is to keep the baby from inhaling liquid into his lungs while they are feeding. What? Dave, what do you Does say? the mother do that? Asks Summers. No, the mother doesn't do a lot of things I do, he responded. Dave, yes. what is he? Do- what is he doing? He's putting he's milk and he puts it in their mouth, and then he sucks it, it out. And then he sucks it out of their nose. What is it? What's the benefit? What? It put, uh, the whole snout actually closes mouth, so he sucks. So he, so the so it doesn't go into their lungs. So he squirts. Where does it go? So he squirts it in just like uh, just like their mother doesn't do, and then he sucks oh, it, it out just like his mother doesn't do. Now most rehabbers use like a fake nipple that's just like the mother that the so the most so rehabbers the baby are almost can, murderers so too. the baby can suck the stuff out like a natural process but he squirts it in with a syringe he's got it he's working it out he's working it out you know when you're putting your mouth on a squirrel's face and sucking mm-hmm. you have to think you made a wrong turn <laughs> <laughs> sorry a roommate he's knows. not he's not just about squirrels. Oh, cool. In an email to another rehabber, he wrote, let me know if you come across an infant hawk or a hawk ed. I'm interested in raising it as a vegetarian. Squirrels and a hawk? (laughs) Does he know? He wants to raise a vegetarian. Vegetarian? I mean, (laughs) you don't eat meat, no. Fly down here and get this corn, buddy. (laughs) Here you go. Come and grab this tofu from my hand, King. Why are you eating my hand? No, what is it? No, you don't eat meat. You're not a meat eater. You're a veggie. You don't veggie. eat meat. By the way, have you seen the baby squirrels? <laughs> They're around here because I know you don't eat meat, so they must be somewhere close. Holy fuck! 
<clears throat> to become a rehabber in New York, one needs to pass a multiple choice test of about 95 questions scoring 85% or higher. According to Getz, he took the test and passed, but fought against the fact that the DEC requires rehabbers to keep records of every animal they take in and that they have the right to randomly check in on rehabbers' homes and revoke their lifetime licenses at will. <laughs> they can come to your apartment anytime they want, Getz says. Now I say, screw that. And they said, well, then you can't, then you're not getting your license. And I was like, good. I don't want my license. I can just, I can just make squirrels in my apartment. So then why not get it? And then when they take it away, you just keep doing the weird thing you're already you doing. You know what? You're not invited to my squirrel I don't wedding. I want to come to your squirrel I'm wedding. I'm marrying Red Mama. You're We're not marrying make, a fucking squirrel. We're going to make hybrid vigilante, right there. vigilante squirrel babies. The hawk will marry us. <laughs> the hawk. <laughs> oh, it's a wedding. <laughs> Um, I'd like you to meet my wife, Red Mama. And uh, this is my brother, Hawk. Some other guy knocked her up, but yeah. whatever. I'm raising them as mine. Oh, my God. I, You know what? I love them so much that the other day I put milk in them with my syringe and I sucked one of their eyeballs out because I love them so much. I just sucked and I was like, oh, God damn it. That's an eyeball. The problem is sometimes you'll suck an eyeball or two in my hey, process. It happens. It, it happens. happens at an occupational hazard. But then you got a little cute blind squirrel in your house. <laughs> yeah, boy, the taste. <clears throat> Gets believe someone has been tipping off the DEC about his squirrels. <laughs> That's a great sentence. He recalls one February night in February of 2013 when DEC officers, who he calls squirrel Nazis, and says they were wearing bulletproof vests, arrived at his door wanting to check on the well-being of a squirrel. <laughs> bulletproof vest to go check on a squirrel. No, bulletproof vest because well, they're yeah. going to Bernard Getz's oh, house. I mean, yes, for sure. <laughs> but the idea that you were like, hey, we got to go check on these squirrels. Let's vest up. <laughs> Shit's going to get weird on this one. Get your Kevlar on. We're about to go see what the process of uh, four animals that weigh a cumulative pound. Oh, fuck me. Licensed rehabbers will talk about Guess, but most don't want to be identified for fear of antagonizing him. <laughs> Bernard Guess is somebody who has fantasies of how it should look like, a rehabber said. We tried to help him and get him educated because he was doing everything wrong. Fortunately, squirrels are very hardy guys, and it's almost impossible to kill them. This is why he has had some success and why they don't keel over immediately with him. What's the chance of a survival for baby squirrels born into your care? She was asked. Oh, 100%, said the rehabber, without hesitation. Wow. One of the four, out of the four offspring of Red Mama the Squirrel, only one has managed to survive. What? Okay, <laughs> that's terrible. Because yeah, he's he's not doing it right. He's yeah, sucking their faces. Yeah, and he's probably yeah he's doing everything wrong. He, he's probably doing everything wrong because he thinks that whatever they do is wrong. He's out of his fucking mind. Yeah, but let me just break this down. So a guy who calls black people savages, mm -hmm. essentially animals. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, shoots four black people. Yes. And really fucks up their lives. Yes. Gets away with it. And now he's spending his life caring for animals. Yeah. That's uh, that's what you just told me. A and that's... A little bit of guilt? Uh, 
Yeah, probably guilt. Probably a little bit guilt. of psychological weirdness happening there. Done with there. humans. Done with humans. Yeah. What do you think about Bernard Getz? <laughs> I can't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I this can't is believe- the first story that no one has been good in. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there is no hero. But, would, yeah. but the squirrels, Red Mama. Yeah, Red Mama's great. Red Mama's our, our although although she's basically like she's basically like one of those women who are trapped in that guy's basement in Cleveland at this point. Yeah, that's true. She's she's in hell. Yeah, she's like I had four babies. And they're all dead. Cause and we were fine outside, and then this man <laughs> took me inside and is blowing shit in their face. It's not a good situation when you look forward to interacting with a hawk as a squirrel. <laughs> You're not in a good safe spot. I think Bernard Getz is uh, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So is America, though, for yeah. allowing that. New well, York yeah. and like what was happening for that to be yeah. acceptable is fucking insane. Yeah. No, really. I mean, that is a Hail Mary as far as like allowing, allowing someone to shoot four people and be a hero. That's pretty rare. Well, not in our country, right? No, not in our country. No, this is the country now where you can walk into a Denny's with an assault rifle strapped to you and be like, what are you looking at? Fuck you, I'm here for pancakes. Yeah. My right to carry a it's fucking assault right. rifle uh, into a it restaurant. Do- it doesn't mean you, you have to or should. I am. Okay. Well, you're an asshole. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, he. yeah. I, he, he's, he's crazy. But if we could just get more of these lunatics into squirrels, who knows? Right? Who That's knows? That's the point. The sky's the limit. Get the, the crazy point. people into squirrels. Yeah. It's squirrel time. Squirrel time. That's our new podcast. <laughs> You're listening to squirrel time. <laughs> I would. I'm, I'm Bernard Getz and I'm here with Pat Summers. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm Bernard Getz and I'm here with my wife, Red Mama. <laughs> That's right, Mama. All right. We got a lot of exciting stuff today. Uh, we're going to be joined by a hawk in a little bit. But uh, first, I wanted to get to this week's story time. <laughs> All right, Red Mama, you'll have your chance to chime in in a second. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's that's Bernard Getz. Congratulations uh, to him. Everybody, take a bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes the same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson 
basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 